There are certain things in life of which we can just never have enough. Vacation days, Nina Agdal photos, and promising Kentucky Derby prospects. We'll chat with a jockey who has two realistic chances of riding for the roses. Brian Hernandez Jr. is next here on In the Gate. They're in the gate. They're in the gate. In the gate. They're in the gate. It's a head-bobbing finish! This is In The Gate, ESPN's Thoroughbred Racing Podcast. My name is Barry Abrams. You can follow me on Twitter at B. Abrams Voice or on Facebook at Barry Abrams Voice. You can also get us on our YouTube channel by searching In The Gate Podcast. You can get us on SoundCloud as well, which services the iTunes store, TuneIn.com. You can get us on the Pink Podcatcher app. And now you can subscribe to In The Gate in the Listen tab of the ESPN app. For the full In The Gate experience, subscribe now in the Listen tab of the ESPN app. Jockey Brian Hernandez Jr. has accomplished quite a bit in his career. He won an Eclipse Award in 2004 as champion apprentice jockey, guided Fort Larned to a Breeders' Cup Classic win and Horse of the Year title in 2012. Wow, was that really five years ago? And he's been the leading rider at most of the tracks in Kentucky, Ellis Park, Kentucky Downs, and Turfway Park, along with Evangeline Downs in Louisiana. There's one box on his list, though, that he hasn't checked off yet. Can you guess what that one might be? Brian Hernandez has a couple of chances to get that done. Hernandez is the regular rider for two horses that have figured prominently on the Triple Crown Trail. It's Gervin! Gervin, Brian Hernandez Jr. for Joe Sharp. And Gervin has won the Transpire.com Louisiana Derby. And McCracken grabs the lead 100 yards out. And he does it again. McCracken wins the Kentucky Jockey Club from off the pace by a length. Hernandez is the regular rider for both McCracken and Gervin. Just a terrible problem to have, isn't it? Gervin won the Risen Star in late February, then came back to win the Louisiana Derby in his final dress rehearsal. As for McCracken, who's considered the top horse on the Derby Trail, he had a bang-up two-year-old season, winning three stakes races including the aforementioned Kentucky Jockey Club on Thanksgiving weekend. He set a track record at Tampa Bay Downs to start this year while winning the Sam F. Davis, but a strained ankle forced him to miss a little bit of training. He'll run next in the Bluegrass Stakes at Keeneland this Saturday. How is Brian Hernandez Jr. approaching this potential bucket list item? Let's find out as we welcome back to In the Gate Jockey Brian Hernandez Jr. Thanks for being here. What was your impression of Gervin winning the Louisiana Derby? I mean, he, he ran his professional race like he, he has in each of his starts so far. The race set up well, you know, with, with local hero settled on. It gave us a pretty good target, and that was the biggest thing. We got right behind local hero and just kind of tracked him. And when I called on Gervin turning for home, he uh, he went by those horses pretty easily. And then he kind of got to goofing around inside days before he kind of went to switching leads back and forth. But then when Patch ran up his inside, he, he spurred it on again, and then he went on and, and finished off the job really well for us. Well, that brings up an interesting question that you always hear asked on the Kentucky Derby Trail is, this win versus the Risen Star, what do you think he learned or got out of this race compared to that one? Uh, I think he's just learning with these races getting progressively tougher and progressively longer. He's just learning that it's going to take a little more each race is going to take a little more effort to, to win it. And, and he showed that he had to put out a little more effort and he did it. You know, he, he set himself in a good spot and 
tracked some pretty good horses and and when it was time to go he went on and, and did his job and finished it off really nicely there were some issues early on in this year with just how to bring him along since he wasn't allowed to ship into fairgrounds from his base at Evangeline due to the equine herpes virus quarantine that we discussed in an earlier podcast. So he ran in a minor turf stakes at Evangeline instead of the Lecompte at the fairgrounds. How do you think that affected his seasoning? Yeah, you know, Joe Joe did the right thing by him. After he won first time out, he, he was really, really high on him. And like you said, with the quarantine situation, it, it kind of backed him up. But with Joe knowing in order to get to the Risen Star, he needed a two-turn race in him, and, and the grass race came up, which Gervin didn't didn't really care for the grass race. But I think the grass race might have made him a better horse because he had to run hard over a surface he didn't really care for. But he still he ran home really good, and he uh, he that day he galloped out really really good. So I think it it just taught him a lot about how to become a better horse. You referenced Joe. That's Joe Sharp, his trainer, and we'll get to him in a minute. But let's move on to McCracken. And there he goes, McCracken on the outside. He swings to the center of the racetrack, and Hernandez has him in full stride as they're into the stretch. Wild shot strikes to the lead. McCracken on the outside, gaining with every stride, and now colors the leader. Here's McCracken on the outside. Hernandez goes to the left-handed whip, drifts in slightly, but McCracken remains unblemished, and will take the Sam Davis. Red is flying on for second. You have consistently traveled from Louisiana to Kentucky just to work him out, and from what I understand, you drove all night after the Louisiana Derby to get to Keeneland to work him out. Is that right? Yeah, we did. Me and my wife and the kids, we loaded up after the Louisiana Derby, and we drove up for McCracken. He was supposed to work on Monday, but they were calling for a 100% chance of rain. So the work got bumped up to Sunday, but uh, it's part of the job, really. When you get on, when you get these really good three-year-olds like that, you want to be a part of it. You want to make sure everything goes well, and he worked well. So we're looking forward to the bluegrass on Saturday. Well, how does he feel to you right now? Great. I mean, he's he's doing really, really good. He seems to be getting better as as we progress into the bluegrass. We just he's got to answer the question and show show for us on Saturday what he's capable of. How concerned are you about his missing some training due to the ankle injury? Not at all. You know, Ian Ian does such a great job having him prepared and he, he watches his horse every day and he knows he knows how prepared he has him for this race and I mean we feel very confident in him. You know, he's he's four for four. Every question that we've thrown at him so far he's he's answered the right way. So, you know, we have to go into this race really confident in, in our horse and just let him let him show how good he is. Brian Hernandez Jr. is with us here on In the Gate. You mentioned Ian. That's Ian Wilkes, the trainer, and Janice Witham is the owner of McCracken, and they are the same owner and trainer of Fort Larned. Now, you know how you're told when you achieve success, you're supposed to act like you've been there before? Well, the fact mm-hmm. that you all collectively have been there before, what does that do for you as the jockey of that horse? It's a great team effort, you know, the whole, with Mrs. Whittem, they do a great job on their breeding program, and it supplies us with some really good horses, and then Ian and his team, they prepare them well for us, and and all I have to do is I have to go out there and just give them the best trip I can, which is possible, and and just let let the horse run the race and, and try to show how good they are. It's just, it's really special. 
Now, it's not too often that you see a husband and wife win separate Eclipse Awards. We heard about Brian saying his wife and he drove all night. Well, Brian's wife, Jamie, for those who don't know, won an Eclipse Award for photography back in 2013 for a photo of Wise Dan winning the firecracker at Churchill Downs in the rain. Would a win in May on either Derby Mound be a can-you-top-this-moment-in-your-family? Yeah, I mean, you know, in our industry, that's the highest plateau is winning the Kentucky Derby. You know, you go through everyday life, and when people find out that you you work with racehorses, the first thing they ask is, "Have you ever won the Kentucky Derby?" You know, so so of course that's the ultimate goal is to try to go out there and, and win that race on the first Saturday of May. Now, it would have been a perfect segue to say that the next potential husband-wife team to win separate Eclipse Awards is the one that handles Gervin. We mentioned Joe Sharp, who trains him, and an Eclipse Award might be his one day. He's only been out on his own for fewer than three years. Of course, his wife is retired jockey Rosie Napravnik, who was the runner-up to Julian Leperu in 2006 for the Eclipse for Champion Apprentice Jockey. What has it been like for you to work with them? And I have to believe that Rosie's had a lot of input about Gervin. Yeah, you know, they, they do a great job with Gervin. Rosie gets on him every morning. He jogged, and the nanny that normally watches the kids had the morning off, but she came out for the one set and jogged Gervin and then went back home to tend to the kids. So it's a fun experience to be able to do this with the whole team between Rosie and Joe and and Brad Grady. They're, they're enjoying it, and it's been a whole lot of fun, really. Now, assuming that both Gervin and McCracken stay sound and appear headed to Louisville, of course you have to choose. How long after the bluegrass, McCracken's next start, do you think you would wait to decide on which one to ride? Um, I don't know. You know, that's that's a situation where we're just enjoying it right now, and I'll have to sit down and talk with everyone, you know, both teams and, and my agent as well, Frank Bernice. Frank and I will have to sit down and and discuss our what we need to do and it's a great situation to be in it's something that that we strive for and if you'd have told me how to be in this situation at this time last year i just thought you were crazy but it it's great to have two of the top three-year-olds in the country in our corner and we're just enjoying it really what specifically in the bluegrass do you want to see mccracken get out of that race you just want to see him that he keeps moving forward. You know, he's moved forward with each race so far, and that's all we're asking for him, just to, to step up to, to another level and just to have him set up, hopefully, for the next race, you know. Thank you so much for a few minutes, Brian, and best of luck with him. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Barry. We're going to take a short break here on In the Gate, and when we come back, a deeper look into the Florida and Louisiana derbies, as well as previews of the Wood Memorial and Bluegrass with Alicia Wins-Hughes of the Blood Horse. Don't go away. Welcome back to Win the Gate. It's derby season. It's busy. You heard Brian Hernandez drove all night from Louisiana to Kentucky to work out McCracken on Sunday morning. And, hey, you know, 
Even in the glamorous world of horse racing, not everything that even the glamour people do is glamorous. But there's so much to talk about. Let's get right to it with our friend Alicia Wins-Hughes of the Blood Horse. It is a pleasure to have her back on. So let's start breaking down what we saw. And you know, Alicia, I have no real reason to say this, but when I see Gervin, I just can't help but think to myself, horse for a course. And I'm really questioning whether this horse can take his racetrack with him. I have no logical reason to say that. What did you think of him? Um, I mean, obviously, it's hard to knock what he has done so far in a very short period of time. I mean, the sample size on him is still pretty small, but the progression he's made from breaking his maiden, running back his second race, he got he got started back his, his sophomore debut they, they on turf because of the quarantine situation at fairgrounds. They were unable to run in, in, in the, the Wacom stakes. Jumps up, wins a risen star, third time out. Obviously very impressive again in the Louisiana Derby. I don't think you're wrong, though, in having that kind of train of thought. And he hasn't done anything wrong. Looking at who he's beaten so far on that Louisiana circuit, he might be a little bit suspect. You know, I'm not sure how great the quality is there. If you want to compare that, since we're on Brian Hernandez Derby contenders, if you want to compare that with a horse like McCracken, who we've obviously McCracken, we know he loves Churchill three for three at that track there. And then you look at who McCracken has beaten Caprit in the Sam F Davis comes back. Very impressive winner of, of the Tampa Bay Derby. He's going to face him again in the bluegrass stakes state of honor. Again, who he beat in the, in the Sam F Davis comes back, runs a good second in the Florida Derby. His company has repeatedly flattered him. And I, you're going to judge him on that. You know, I think he probably, if I was, like I said, Brian's going to have a hard choice ahead of him. Not that anybody is going to weep for him right now, but I would, <laughs> I would definitely, yeah, someone's going to cry for the guy who has too many top derby contenders to choose from, but I would be inclined to lean definitely more towards McCracken at this point, obviously pending what he does in the bluegrass this coming week. What I thought was even more impressive is that that horse was an absolute handful back at the barn after his work. He about took he about took Ian's arm off. Oh, he's trying to lead him around, and he's jumping, and he's trying to buck and rear. He was absolutely full of himself after his work. So if that tells you anything about his energy level coming out of it. The fact that McCracken has been number one in the weekly poll put out by the National Thoroughbred Racing Association every week this year, even though McCracken's only run once because of the injury, do you think that says more about McCracken himself, or does it say more about the fact that people don't think that highly of the other contenders? Yes and yes. <laughs> to answer that, I mean, yeah, it certainly it speaks to, to the quality of this horse. And this was a horse who, he came into this year pretty highly rated. Obviously, Classic Empire was a top dog coming in, juvenile winner, the juvenile champion, not not much not there. But what McCracken did at, at Churchill last year was extremely impressive. And he kind of came in already kind of as probably, you know, if not the number one, brought the top three contenders in a lot of people's mind, even before his debut in the Sam F. Davis. So, like I said, and he comes from a program in Ian Wilkes. Obviously, Ian had so many years under Carl Nasker and, you know, brought up so many great horses like Unbridled, like, like Street Sense, you know, Ian knows this side of the game about as well as anybody. He's just an exceptional trainer with with, with a great with a great great program there. But like you said, this three old division is one that I mean, parity doesn't even begin to cover it right now. Nobody's really grabbed it by the throat. Like I said, our, our number one horse has only run once so far. Classic Empire has had just a 
you know, a world of little setbacks going on there. We don't know what we're going to see from him, assuming he makes the Arkansas Derby in, in good order. And everybody else has kind of taken turns on, on beating up on each other. I mean, just look at it at the start of the year. No one is really kind of talking about Todd Fletcher and his two-year-old. Now Todd's potentially going to have a chunk of the field for the Derby, which is kind of typical Todd. But it just goes to show you how much things have kind of changed already this season. And I know his overall record in the derby is certainly not a sparkling one a lot of that is driven by just the volume of horses that that he runs every year and also i think it's worth keeping in mind with todd for all the horses he has run in the derby i'm not sure that he's ever actually had the derby favorite which i think sometimes people forget about so all things considered his derby record is not great but i don't think it's as bad as kind of the raw numbers suggest and look he's He's Todd. You know he's going to have a fair number of these horses move forward. Again, it's just, like I said, but what to try to make of the of horses like always dreaming right now who are jumping up. I mean, certainly he's a horse on the improve, but I mean, is he going to make a next step forward or is he going to be like, we've seen this before, it's just, you know what, you don't know what they're going to do at this point and, and, and how to judge him. Like I said, in this three-year-old class is so weird right now. I don't know what to make of any of these horses, quite frankly. Gunnavara didn't run his best race in the Florida Derby. He rallied from way back and I believe actually got third. But I guess the question that we have to ask is, was it simply a matter of not being cranked up on Florida Derby Day because he had enough points? Or is there something we should be wary of here? Um, I do think, I mean, he had his first work back was a, a pretty slow work, and that was by design. But like I said, I do think his race was what they call probably a sneaky good race and that he got up for, for third and was able to kind of close in, into that. Again, that's not the end game. You know, the Derby is the end game. My biggest concern for him going forward looking at the Derby is probably one of the biggest changes that has come down since they've implemented this qualifying point system is it kind of eliminates getting a lot of these sprinter type horses. You know, you think of the days back with the, you know, with a a Trinaberg and stuff like that. With these sprint races not having a point, it eliminates those type of horses being able to get in into the Derby. So you're not going to get kind of these crazy pace scenarios that maybe you've seen in, in past years, you're going to get more reasonable pace on that front hand because you're not just going to have, you know, like I said, these sprint type, type horses running away on the lead. So I would be more concerned about what is the pace going to look like for this horse on Derby Day? We know he's going to be well back and coming from, from the clouds. You know, if he couldn't close into it on the Florida Derby and granted Gulfstream's not a track that lends itself a whole lot to coming from the clouds, but I would be more concerned about is he going to get enough to make that kind of run and pass 19 others on, on Derby Day. We're talking with our good friend Alicia Wins-Hughes of the Blood Horse here on In the Gate. The Bluegrass and the Wood Memorial both come up pretty salty, given the fact that we may believe that all these horses are a half a notch or a notch below McCracken. But all that said, it should be a cracking edition of the Bluegrass with him and Taprit the winner of the Tampa Bay Derby. How are you sizing up this one? Um, I mean, I said, McCracken right now, like I said, based off of everything, you know, he's the clear one. He's the target. He's the one that, that everybody, you know, is chasing. He looked very, very good in his workout at Keeneland. This is a horse who seems to get 
more and more professional, you know, as, as the weeks go on. You know, one of the points Brian made this morning was, you know, when they worked him kind of solo last year as a two-year-old, even leading into to the, to the Kentucky Jockey Club, he kind of was, you know, kind of lollygagged around, kind of played around, wasn't very focused, kind of just sort of went out there without a whole lot of, of thought to it. And today, it really is recent where you see a horse, you know, he's extremely professional. He's kind of glued to that rail. He's accelerating, and he's one of those where it's deceptive in how fast he's moving because he doesn't look like he's trying or extending himself that hard. But then you look at the splits, and you're like, he's clicking off the, these these 12s consistently, you know. So, he, yeah, I said, and he clearly proved that he can handle a surface other than Churchill Downs because that Tampa Bay surface is very tricky. Horses either love it or hate it. He set a, a track record there at his debut. I think he's clearly the one to beat. Tapra, obviously, he improved last time out, but he was well beaten by, by McCracken when they faced each other the first time around. You do have some other, you know, horses in there, like Practical Joke, coming in for from Chad Brown's stable. The thing with Practical Joke, I th- you know, this is a horse who's obviously got a lot of class and multiple grade one winner. I'm just not sure how far this horse wants to go. I do think he needed the race last time out with it being his seasonal debut. I do think he'll move forward. I'm just not sure that, I, I said, I'm not sure how much further this horse wants to travel. And the Wood Memorial will feature Irish War Cry, winner of the Holy Bull, and a horse that turned in a real head-scratcher last time in Motown, who went down to New Orleans and mailed in the Risen Star, but comes back to a track he likes in Aqueduct. This seems like a really, really good, or at least competitive race. How are you sizing this up? Well, it's funny you use the phrase head-scratcher because that's the exact phrase that Graham Potion just used when I spoke to him this morning to, to describe uh, Irish War Cry's last race in, in the Fountain Youth where he, you know, I said as good as he was in the Holy Bowl, he just was completely not competitive last time out. Graham really doesn't have an obvious excuse as to what happened last time other than maybe he just was over the top first time out and then bounced last time. You know, he's been pleased with his work since then. He is going to have a new jockey with Rajiv Marat in, in the Irons this week. Rajiv's obviously one of the great mainstays of the New York circuit, so he's going to have a you know a local guy on his back. And, and Rajiv and Graham have such a great relationship. He's piloted a lot of top courses for him. So it'll be interesting to see moving forward. You know, with, with Motown, I have been hesitant to buy into that horse with all due respect just because I didn't love the Remsen I didn't love the form coming out of that, that, that race. And with all due respect to him, he didn't do a whole lot to change my mind with regards to that train of thinking in his seasonal debut. You know, can he improve? Sure. But um, he's another one. I think I said the last time, I'm going to let him beat me until he proves otherwise. All right. Well, thank you so much, Alicia. It is such a pleasure to hear your voice again. And on the Derby Trail, what could possibly be better than that? Oh, no problem. Our thanks to Alicia Wins-Hughes and to Brian Hernandez Jr. Serena and Venus Williams broke the mold of tennis champions by learning the sport in a crime-ridden part of L.A. Arnold Palmer, the most charismatic golfer of all time, came from working-class roots in Latrobe, PA. In a similar way, Gunnavara, winner of the Fountain of Youth, is stabled at Forsaken Gulfstream Park West, a place with so few stalls remaining, emergency ones were built in the parking lot. That's how the problem was addressed. There's no more grandstand, shelter, bathrooms, and no concession stand. It's horse racing's Watts, Hell's Kitchen, or Cabrini Green. Oh, by the way, who owns Gulfstream Park West? Who let this happen? Why, the ownership of the race on whom we're so keen. 
That's right, it's Churchill Downs who owns the hovel where Gunnavara prepares to rise from rags straight up to riches. The sad thing is, if Gunnavara wins, it justifies the business model of those sons of... You can get us on our YouTube channel by searching In The Gate Podcast. You can get us on SoundCloud as well, which services the iTunes Store and TuneIn.com. You can also get us on the Pink Podcatcher app. And now you can subscribe to In The Gate in the Listen tab of the ESPN app. For the full In The Gate experience, subscribe now in the Listen tab of the ESPN app. And you can follow me on Twitter at B. Abrams Voice or on Facebook at Barry Abrams Voice. That's In The Gate for this week. I'm Barry Abrams. We'll see you next time. Welcome back to Win the Gate. It's derby season. It's busy. You heard Brian Hernandez drove all night from Louisiana to Kentucky to work out McCracken on Sunday morning. And, hey, you know, even in the glamorous world of horse racing, not everything that even the glamour people do is glamorous. But there's so much to talk about. Let's get right to it with our friend Alicia Wins-Hughes of the Blood Horse. It is a pleasure to have her back on. So let's start breaking down what we saw. And, you know... Alicia, I have no real reason to say this, but when I see Gervin, I just can't help but think to myself, horse for a course. And I'm really questioning whether this horse can take his racetrack with him. I have no logical reason to say that. What did you think of him? Um, I mean, obviously, it's hard to knock what he has done so far in a very short period of time. I mean, the sample size on him is still pretty small, but the progression he's made from breaking his maiden, running back his second race he got he got started back his, his sophomore debut on turf because of the quarantine situation at fairgrounds they were unable to run in in, in the there were comp stakes jumps up wins a risen start third time out obviously very impressive again in the louisiana derby i don't think you're wrong though in having that kind of train of thought and he hasn't done anything wrong looking at who he's beaten so far on that louisiana circuit you might be a little bit suspect you know i'm not sure how great the quality is there. If you want to compare that, since we're on Brian Hernandez Derby contenders, if you want to compare that with a horse like McCracken, who we've obviously McCracken, we know he loves Churchill three for three at that track there. And then you look at who McCracken has beaten Caprit in the Sam F Davis comes back. Very impressive winner of, of the Tampa Bay Derby. He's going to face him again in the bluegrass stakes state of honor. Again, who he beat in the, in the Sam F Davis comes back, runs a good second in the Florida Derby. His company has repeatedly flattered him, and I, you're going to judge him on that. You know, I think he probably, if I was, like I said, Brian's going to have a hard choice ahead of him. Not that anybody is going to weep for him right now, but I would, <laughs> I would definitely, uh, yeah, no one's going to cry for the guy who has too many top derby contenders to choose from, but I would be inclined to lean definitely more towards McCracken at this point, obviously pending what he does in the bluegrass this coming week. What I thought was even more impressive is that that horse was an absolute handful back at the barn after his work. He about took he about took Ian's arm off. Oh, he's trying to lead him around, and he's jumping, and he's trying to buck and rear. He was absolutely full of himself after his work. So if that tells you anything about his energy level coming out of it. The fact that McCracken has been number one in the weekly poll put out by the National Thoroughbred Racing Association every week this year, even though McCracken's only run once because of the injury, do you think that says more about McCracken himself, or does it say more about the fact that people don't think that highly of the other contenders? Yes and yes. 
<laughs> to answer that. I mean, yeah, it certainly it speaks to, to the quality of this horse. And this was a horse who, he came into this year pretty highly rated. Obviously, Classic Empire was a top dog coming in, juvenile winner, the juvenile champion, not not much not there. But what McCracken did at, at Churchill last year was extremely impressive. And he kind of came in already kind of as probably – you know, if not the number one, brought the top three contenders in a lot of people's mind even before his debut in the Sam F. Davis. So, like I said, and he comes from a program in Ian Wilkes. Obviously, Ian had so many years under Carl Nasker and, you know, brought up so many great horses like Unbridled, like, like Street Sense. You know, Ian knows this side of the game about as well as anybody. He's just an exceptional trainer with, with, with a, great, with a great, great program there. But like you said, this three-year-old division is one that, I mean, parity doesn't even begin to cover it right now. Nobody's really grabbed it by the throat. Like I said, our, our number one horse has only run once so far. Classic Empire has had just a, you know, a world of little setbacks going on there. We don't know what we're going to see from him, assuming he makes the Arkansas Derby in, in good order. And everybody else has kind of taken turns on, on beating up on each other. I mean, just look at it at the start of the year. No one is really kind of talking about Todd Fletcher and his two-year-old. Now Todd's potentially going to have a chunk of the field for the Derby, which is kind of typical Todd. But it just goes to show you how much things have kind of changed already this season. And I know his overall record in the derby is certainly not a sparkling one a lot of that is driven by just the volume of horses that that he runs every year and also i think it's worth keeping in mind with todd for all the horses he has run in the derby i'm not sure that he's ever actually had the derby favorite which i think sometimes people forget about so all things considered his derby record is not great but i don't think it's as bad as kind of the raw number suggests and look he's He's Todd. You know he's going to have a fair number of these horses move forward. Again, it's just, like I said, but what to try to make of the of horses like always dreaming right now who are jumping up. I mean, certainly he's a horse on the improve, but, I mean, is he going to make a next step forward or is he going to be like, we've seen this before, it's just, you know what? You don't know what they're going to do at this point and, and, and how to judge him. Like I said, in this three-year-old class is so weird right now. I don't know what to make of any of these horses, quite frankly. Gunnavara didn't run his best race in the Florida Derby. He rallied from way back and I believe actually got third. But I guess the question that we have to ask is, was it simply a matter of not being cranked up on Florida Derby Day because he had enough points? Or is there something we should be wary of here? Um, I do think, I mean, he had his first work back was a, a pretty slow work, and that was by design. But like I said, I do think his race was what they call probably a sneaky good race and that he got up for, for third and was able to kind of close in, into that. Again, that's not the end game. You know, the Derby is the end game. My biggest concern for him going forward looking at the Derby is probably one of the biggest changes that has come down since they've implemented this qualifying point system is it kind of eliminates getting a lot of these sprinter type horses you know you think of the days back with the you know with a a trinaberg and stuff like that with these sprint races not having a point it eliminates those type of horses being able to get in into the derby so you're not going to get kind of these crazy pace scenarios that maybe you've seen in in past years you're going to get more reasonable pace on the front hand because you're not just going to have you know, like I said, these sprint-type horses running away on the lead. So I would be more concerned about 
what is the pace going to look like for this horse on Derby Day? We know he's going to be well back and coming from, from the clouds. You know, if he couldn't close into it on uh, the Florida Derby, and granted, Gulfstream's not a track that lends itself a whole lot to coming from the clouds, but I would be more concerned about is he going to get enough to make that kind of run and pass 19 others on, on Derby Day? We're talking with our good friend Alicia Wins-Hughes of the Blood Horse here on In the Gate. The Bluegrass and the Wood Memorial both come up pretty salty, given the fact that we may believe that all these horses are a half a notch or a notch below McCracken. But all that said, it should be a cracking edition of the Bluegrass with him and Taprit, the winner of the Tampa Bay Derby. How are you sizing up this one? Um, I mean, I said McCracken right now, like I said, based off of everything, you know, he's the clear one. He's the target. He's the one that, that everybody, you know, is chasing. He looked very, very good in his workout at Keeneland. This is a horse who seems to get more and more professional, you know, as as the weeks go on. You know, one of the points Brian made this morning was, you know, when they worked him kind of solo last year as a two-year-old, even leading into to the to the Kentucky Jockey Club, he kind of was, you know, kind of lollygagged around, kind of played around, wasn't very focused, kind of just sort of went out there without a whole lot of, of thought to it. And today, it really in his recent work, you see a horse, you know, he's extremely professional. He's kind of glued to that rail. He's accelerating, and he's one of those where it's deceptive in how fast he's moving because he doesn't look like he's trying or extending himself that hard, but then you look at the splits and you're like, he's clicking off the, these, these 12s consistently, you know. So, he, yeah, I said, and he clearly proved that he can handle a surface other than Churchill Downs because that Tampa Bay surface is very tricky. Horses either love it or hate it. He set a, a track record there to his debut. I think he's clearly the one to be. Caprit, obviously, he improved last time out, but he was well beaten by, by McCracken when they faced each other the first time around. You do have some other, you know, horses in there, like Practical Joke, coming in for from Chad Brown's stable. The thing with Practical Joke, I th- you know, this is a horse who's obviously got a lot of class and multiple grade one winner. I'm just not sure how far this horse wants to go. I do think he needed the race last time out with it being his seasonal debut. I do think he'll move forward. I'm just not sure that, I, I said, I'm not sure how much further this horse wants to travel. And the Wood Memorial will feature Irish Warcry, winner of the Holy Bull, and a horse that turned in a real head-scratcher last time in Motown, who went down to New Orleans and mailed in the Risen Star, but comes back to a track he likes in Aqueduct. This seems like a really, really good, or at least competitive race. How are you sizing this up? Well, it's funny you use the phrase head-scratcher because that's the exact phrase that Graham Potion just used when I spoke to him this morning to, to describe uh, Irish War Cry's last race in, in the Fountain Youth where he, you know, I said as good as he was in the Holy Bowl, he just was completely not competitive last time out. Graham really doesn't have an obvious excuse as to what happened last time other than maybe he just was over the top first time out and then bounced last time. You know, he's been pleased with his work since then. He is going to have a new jockey with Rajiv Marat in, in the Irons this week. Rajiv's obviously one of the great mainstays of the New York circuit. So he's going to have a, you know, a local guy on his back. And, and Rajiv and Graham have such a great relationship. He's piloted a lot of top courses for him. So it'll be interesting to see moving forward. You know, with, with Motown, I have been hesitant to buy into that horse with all due respect just because I didn't love the Remsen. I didn't love the form coming out of that, that, that race. And with all due respect to him, he didn't do a whole lot to change my mind with regards to that train of thinking in his seasonal debut. You know, can he improve? Sure. But um, he's another one. I think I said the last time, I'm going to let him beat me until he proves otherwise. 
All right. Well, thank you so much, Alicia. It is such a pleasure to hear your voice again. And on the Derby Trail, what could possibly be better than that? Oh, no problem. Our thanks to Alicia Wins-Hughes and to Brian Hernandez, Jr. Serena and Venus Williams broke the mold of tennis champions by learning the sport in a crime-ridden part of L.A. Arnold Palmer, the most charismatic golfer of all time, came from working-class roots in Latrobe, P.A., in a similar way, Gunnavara, winner of the Fountain of Youth, is stabled at Forsaken Gulfstream Park West, a place with so few stalls remaining, emergency ones were built in the parking lot. That's how the problem was addressed. There's no more grandstand, shelter, bathrooms, and no concession stand. It's horse racing's Watts Hell's Kitchen or Cabrini Green. Oh, by the way, who owns Gulfstream Park West? Who let this happen? Why, the ownership of the race on whom we're so keen. That's right, it's Churchill Downs who owns the hovel where Gunnavara prepares to rise from rags straight up to riches. The sad thing is, if Gunnavara wins, it justifies the business model of those sons of... You can get us on our YouTube channel by searching In The Gate Podcast. You can get us on SoundCloud as well, which services the iTunes Store and TuneIn.com. You can also get us on the Pink Podcatcher app. And now you can subscribe to In The Gate in the Listen tab of the ESPN app. For the full In The Gate experience, subscribe now in the Listen tab of the ESPN app. And you can follow me on Twitter at B. Abrams Voice or on Facebook at Barry Abrams Voice. That's In The Gate for this week. I'm Barry Abrams. We'll see you next time.